<laughs> I can tackle Derrick Henry. Yes. Yeah. Marshawn, I think, is a little too much. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd say like four out of 10 times I tackle Marshawn. Derrick Henry, 7.5 out of 10, I'd say. Right? Yeah. 7.5, 8. The beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the You Thought Podcast. Today we have the regular casting crew of Aiden, Jared, Lucas, and Bart. This is our 52nd episode, which is technically a year, but Jared wouldn't let me do the one-year special, so we'll wait till next week. <laughs> it's not Look, a year yet. November 28th. 52 weeks makes a year, does it not? Yeah. No, it's the last week of the year. It'll be the birthday, though, the next week. That'll be the birthday. That's how it works. I don't know. Does, <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense. Because you don't have your birthday the day after you're born. You have the birthday the day you are born. Right? But you don't have your birthday the week before you are born either. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the fifty second week, which is a year. No, that's the last week of the first year. You celebrate you celebrate your birthday in the first day of your next year. Fifty two is a way Scintillating sports discussion on our podcast. Yes. Let's get comfort board debates on how time works. <laughs> time is relative. Yeah. Anyway, let's get right into it and let's talk about Pac twelve football. Or should the Pac twelve be packing their bags? for one of the Meow Mix Bowls or the Tostino Bowls or one of the, the favorite bowls at the end of the year because Oregon and USC are the only two ranked teams in the Pac-12, yet they don't have a top 25 opponent on their schedule. Jared, are the two Pac-12 teams ranked overranked, underranked, or ranked just right? Yeah, the Pac-12 is in serious trouble, uh, especially <laughs> if a game gets canceled. It's not going to get rescheduled. Um, let, let me start with Oregon. They're ranked at 11th right now. They're slightly overrated, I would say. Like, Georgia is behind them and definitely better than them. Arguably Northwestern, I would say Auburn, too. But they are better than Miami and Oklahoma State, so I'd say they're, like, kind of in the right range. Uh, one real quick rant, though. They should definitely be ahead of Indiana. Indiana's wins, real quick, are over 0-4 Penn State, 1-3 Michigan, 1-3 Michigan State, and 1-3 Rutgers. Like, come on. They're, they're, they got ranked 10 because it looked good at the start of the season, and now they're like, well, we can't push them back. Anyway, so on Oregon's schedule, they'd probably be playing three each of the three worst programs in the Pac-12 right now, in Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal. And they haven't even been like outgaining their opponents as much as you would expect. In their 35-14 to 14 win against Stanford, the total yards were 496 to 413. It was, it was pretty close for a 35-14 to 14 win. And then in Oregon's game against Washington State, it was all just big chunk plays, and Washington State could never stop Oregon on third down. But I think when Oregon plays a team that is even close to athletic, as athletic as them, they're not going to have a shot, to be honest. And they're winning because they're just way more athletic than the teams they're playing. On the other end, we got USC, who's 20th. They're way overrated. They should be 0-2 right now, to be honest. I mean, in the Arizona State game with three minutes to go, they were down 27-14. Arizona State dropped the onside kick. In this Arizona game that they just had this last week, uh, they dropped an interception on USC's final drive that would have just ended the game. I mean, I mean, they're terrible on third down. They make way too many mistakes. They had a, over 100 yards of penalties in their game against Arizona. So it's not looking good for either of them. They're not. They don't deserve to be in the college football playoff from what we've seen, I would say, if they go undefeated. Uh, and one thing I'll end with, last episode we talked about how multiple undefeated group of five teams could break the college football system. 
But what what would really break the system would be if a Power Five team went undefeated and didn't make it in. Then you'll then Lucas, you'll get your. You should be rooting for this because then you'll get your eight team playoff. So there you go. No, I mean I think you're a hundred percent right on this one. I don't think any of those Pac-12 teams, if they even if they do go undefeated, probably deserve a spot in the pack in the college football playoff. Oregon has been underwhelming for all the reasons you listed, and USC is even more egregious. Like the USC should not be ranked. There's no reason other than like the clout and the name that USC yeah. should be ranked. Colorado, who's like in their same division of the Pac-12, has arguably an equally impressive record or resume which is bad like it's yeah. not a good resume but colorado's beaten bad teams by like slightly more than usc has so like if we're just ranking teams based on like having won their first two pac-12 games and colorado should also be ranked there's yeah. no reason usc should be anywhere near it they're Agreed. horrific they're, they're lucky yeah pac-12 shot themselves in the foot with the short season however did you see that there are they're lobbying to push the college football playoff back so that they that, can get some yeah. more games, which that would make things interesting. I hope it doesn't happen. I doubt it will happen. Really? I wouldn't be opposed to it. To which one? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, the college football playoff being moved back. I, I don't think that's too out of the question, actually. Because so many others, other other uh, conferences are also struggling with, like, SECs struggling with a bunch of cancellations. I wouldn't be too shocked. Yeah. So. yeah. Wait, so the Pac-12 would add how many games in that case if the college football playoff was pushed back? Now it's a five-game slate. Like, would they? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> at what point they become legitimate. I don't know if a Pac-12 champion's legitimate at, you know, through 11 games. That's that's a question for right. discussion, but no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, yeah, that's yeah. serious. <laughs> I mean, I this mean year... with, with the current state of it, yeah. No, it's, it's fair. Yeah. The AD of Cincinnati made a really good point that if Cincinnati makes goes undefeated, they'll have won double the games of, like, the Pac-12 champion or close to double the games of the yeah. Pac-12 champion. Like, there's no real legitimate argument for that happening. And I really read a, read a really good article today about Cincinnati that them going undefeated in their, like, 11-game schedule mm-hmm. or 10-game schedule is slightly harder than Ohio State going undefeated in its 8-game schedule in terms of, like, all, like, the football power index sort of predictor things, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, now, I don't know the stats on whoever the Pac-12 champion will be, but, I mean... If Ohio State, who's like playing decently good teams in a de- in a good conference, is that's even less difficult to do than went out as opposed to Cincinnati, I can't imagine what a Pac-12 sort of chance of winning out looks like. It must be like relatively high, especially if you're Oregon and playing the worst yeah. teams in the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Oregon's got no one coming up, so yeah, I, like the chances of them going five and zero or six and zero, I guess, with the conference championship are pretty high. I feel like this. Yeah, this decision will have to be made, and hopefully they will choose wisely, the, the college yeah. football playoff. Yeah. Well, I think this year, with all the unequal like schedules and everything, the eye test matters a lot this year. Like it, It's, it's going to be with everybody playing unequal schedules. I mean, like with Ohio State, we mentioned this in, in our headlines document before Aiden mentioned this, that if Ohio State goes 4-0, but they look really good in those four games, they're, they're going to get in probably just because of the eye test, right? You know, that's the eye test is very important this year. So Why, Oregon, is still beating, Oregon is still beating their opponents by more than about two scores in each of their games. If they go undefeated to the end of the year, there are three teams that are ranked above them right now, Florida, Texas A&M, and Clemson, that all have one loss. If Oregon mm-hmm. goes undefeated, do you think it would be enough to leapfrog any of those three teams? I mean, it technically should be. I feel like the committee, though, 
they do want to see big wins. And like Oregon, you know, Oregon's just not going to have a big win proves that you can play with the teams that you're going to be matched up against in the college football playoff. And if Oregon, like, yes, they are beating teams by double digits, but they didn't, they didn't look that great in the Washington State game. They were like fundamentally a little unsound. Uh, and they just literally would just like the Washington State would just let Oregon behind them, basically, and they'd throw deep. They didn't look that great, in my opinion. Also, we've talked about this before. I don't like the legitimacy of this argument, but like the Pac-12 is kind of looked down on, right? As far as strength, like yeah. relative to the other conferences, I think that will hurt them as well. Just mm-hmm. like, even if there's no value to that argument, like in in actual facts this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah like at, at best, Oregon's gonna play one ranked team this year in the you know in the uh, Pac-12 championship. One would assume the other team will be ranked. I guess we don't know that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know. Um, but they don't have anyone who is going to be ranked as far as I can see on their schedule. So, Is that not um, the same argument against Clemson every single yeah. year? That they don't play anybody probably until the college playoffs? Yeah, but C- Clemson wins out. Yeah, and like absolutely dominates. Like, yeah. If Oregon's like just passing by, you know, Wazoo and, and stuff like that, I don't know if yeah. that's, but, I that's mean, the same thing. Lucas, were you guys say something? No. Oh, this is obviously like a really tough year to grade uh, teams mm-hmm. on all that. I, off of principle, if, if Oregon wins out and becomes a Pac-12 champion, I feel like it'd be hard for them to, not to make it into the college playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, like we've mentioned, that they have no ranked teams on their uh, schedule for the rest of the year. Cincinnati has Tulsa at the end of the year, currently ranked at 25, mm-hmm. and they already beat number 22 SMU. Army. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Did they beat SMU too? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think SMU. Oh, yeah, yes, SMU. Oh, SMU. They, they just gotcha. lost again. Gotcha. They yeah. were 16 at the time that the, that Cincinnati had beat them. Uh, unfortunately for BYU, number 22 Army, the game against them was postponed. They played Boise State, or they already played them, ranked 21. They beat them, and then they have no more ranked. So, at the group of five, both of those group of five teams have um, ranked wins over Oregon. Going to be yeah. a tough year for the committee to decide who makes it in this year. Yeah. I've heard there's some talk, just one closing thought on group of five stuff, because I guess we always divert there, but um, I there's like, there's I know there's moves trying to be made by BYU because they have like the next three weeks off before yeah. the season finale to try and like schedule like one of the other group of five top 25 teams like like Coastal Carolina or Liberty or Marshall or one of those just so like those teams play each other and one of them has like a marquee win sort of as a case going in. Which is kind of a benefit of like the COVID year, though. Like, yeah, not like you can just schedule a game mid-season. Also, also, I'd like to point out that everybody's like Notre Dame being independent is going to ruin their season, but BYU's done it fine. They've played eight games this year. <laughs> but this is this is my counter offer to you, Lucas. I think Oregon and or USC should schedule a game with BYU or Cincinnati. BYU yeah, and Cincinnati I have three so. weeks, like you just said. BYU has three three free weekends. Cincinnati also has December dates open. And their conference said they can play non-conference games at their own discretion. So, so since just like get it, just get it out of the equation, or just like get the guessing out of the equation. Cincinnati play Oregon, BYU play yeah. USC or whatever, and like prove yet that you can beat them, and then Pac-12 would be out. Yeah, that's great. I, would I think, love that. and I think if the committee yep. puts pressure on Oregon or USC by like ranking them low, and like I mean the the Pac-12 has already shown that they're willing to be creative with scheduling. Like they scheduled. Cal and UCLA on a Sunday game like two days before they scared I think they announced it on like a Friday I mean they're they're with the Pac-12 I feel like is wants to get a team in 
because they've been shut out for a while now. You know? Yeah. I think that'd be fun. I do as well. So. Final question. Between yeah. Oregon, Indiana, BYU, and Cincinnati, which team is most likely to make it into the college football playoffs, you think? Indiana. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati, just because Indiana beating Ohio State, I think is a near impossibility. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want it to happen this weekend, but also, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's likely. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. They have yeah. the clearest path, but yeah, you're right. It's not likely. They'd also have to beat Wisconsin twice, I think. So yeah. they have a really tough schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for BYU. Just to throw that out there. <laughs> I do not envy the college playoff committee, though. I, I do not. Yeah. I'm glad I do not have to make that choice. One thing, one other thing too, I do want to point out real quick. I looked up the committee members, and there are eleven of them. Obviously, are uh, there's thirteen members, and eleven of them are from like Power Five. They have Power Five connections, but there's two. There's some Group of Five representation on there, so they might, maybe they'll be like kind of pulling for. We'll see. They'll, they'll, the be, vote, they'll try yeah. to use their weight yeah. to get Cincinnati in. We'll see. The vote will be 11 to 2. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just here for yeah. a Cincinnati Notre Dame national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Coast for that title. I still feel like yeah, it was lo- by yeah, 2012 yeah. when it would have been a Notre Dame Kansas State national championship in Kansas State lost in the last week of the season and instead oh. they had to play Bama. And <laughs> rough rough times all right we're gonna jump over to the nfl uh russell wilson rocketed ahead of the mvp race early in the year and even coined the phrase let russ cook but perhaps his food handlers card has expired the seahawks quarterback has thrown two interceptions in the last two games both ending the loss and the mvp odds have been shuffled mahomes takes the number one spot wilson follows in second rogers third and murray and fourth after big big jump from Murray after he beat the Bills in the Hail Mary pass. But Lucas, do you believe that Wilson has lost his grip on the MVP trophy? I don't know if he's quite lost his grip on it, but I think he's pretty, pretty close to it at this point. Um, he still has put together a pretty impressive season so far. He's just off now. The record pays for touchdowns in a season after the last few games. He was on it for a while. Um, and he, along with DK Metcalf are pretty much the only reason the Seahawks are near competitive. So if you're yeah. talking, I feel like purely in terms of value, like the most value in a valuable player, I think Russ is still competitive for it. But his performances have also slipped recently, and the MVP, like like it or not, is basically a performance-based trophy, not about values. Through two picks and a loss to the Rams, it's a continuation of current trends. And like Wyatt insinuated, Mahomes is probably his nearest competitor, and he's been insane his touchdown to interception ratio this year i didn't realize it 25 to 1 it's near infinite yeah (laughs) (laughs) like he's on pace to break nick Foles' like efficiency record of it what was his like 27 to 2 in whatever year when he had like a record so i mean i think at this point i wouldn't count russ out if he puts together a string of really good games towards the end of the season pulls it back and home splits up a little bit but I think at this point you have to maybe give the edge to Mahomes just because the Chiefs are winning. They're eight and one. He's twenty five and one. That's just insane. And even though it's like maybe not the most exciting pick because he's won before. They won the Super Bowl last year. He's not necessarily like yeah. carrying this team. Like he's been, I think, 
pretty clearly one of, if not the best players in the NFL this year. I don't even think it's that close anymore, to be honest. I think Russ is, is kind of doing himself in with these past couple, like, totally average, if not subpar weeks. The the zero touchdowns, the two picks game against the Rams is like a big oof. Yeah. I know the Rams are arguably the best defense in the league, but to me, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't undervalue um, the um, like importance of hindsight or recency bias uh, when, when it comes to voting at the end of the season. So I think maybe it's hard to say still because there are still like eight or nine games. Um, yeah. For a lot of these guys, but like if yeah, I, I mean it was never going to be realistic for Russ to keep the pace up of touchdowns to break the record. I think I think most people would agree on that. But I still yeah, like another thing though that's worth mentioning is that Mahomes, the PFF guys are all about this on Twitter. He <laughs> is like third in the league in interception worthy throws. So his uh, touchdown interception ratio is not really a good indicator of like the kinds of throws he's actually making, which I think is kind of funny. But at Let the end of the day, <laughs> the voters do not care. Yeah, I don't really yeah. care. I think that 25 to 1, if he keeps up anything like that, like if it's like 40-something to like 2 or 3, it's going to be his easily. He's already like – he's still like top 5 in yards, top 5 mm-hmm. in like average like yards per attempt. I know he's like got a super stacked caliber um, – like. Uh, receiving core and running back core but still like it's he's just on another level yeah i know those are like the two most basic like touchdowns interceptions like the two most basic stats not going to tell the whole story but it's hard to pick someone who's 28 to 10 versus 25 to 1 um and it does it definitely seems like russ is heading in the wrong direction i mean he's had besides he's had seven picks in his last four games he's also lost three fumbles across that so it's 10 turnovers over four games that's pretty brutal um and i feel like The fact that he's still, like, considered, you know, a top two or top three MVP candidate at this point is partially due to the fact that people want him to win an MVP because, like, yeah. he, you know, given his career, he deserves one. And he, I think he's never gotten a single MVP vote, right, up mm-hmm. to the season, which is kind of absurd. So I think people want him to win an MVP. But I just, I don't think this year is going to be the year. I think, like, Aaron Rodgers has a better case than Russ does at this point for yeah. Game um, manager for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, game manager Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, exactly. <laughs> He's very Tur- good in his, his role, his limited role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should be thinking <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. Russ is actually tied for third most picks right now uh, with Drew Locke. So, yeah, I think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to um, ignore that for voters. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Wilson gets a break? Because... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you, you mentioned it. He probably has one of the best offensive groups outside of probably Tom Brady in Tampa. Mm. Um, some of the best weapons. And then they, both of those guys have a top five ranked defense. Wilson really doesn't have either. I know DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are good, but he's playing from behind a lot. Has to play a little bit more hero ball than the guys like Patrick Mahomes does. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Wilson gets maybe a little bit of a break when it comes to that? Or do we have to judge him in a different bubble? I think, I think he's he might still... give him a little bit of a break, but not to where the extent to how poorly he's played in the last few games. Like when you're playing big games against teams like the Rams or divisional rivals, you need to put up better stats than no touchdowns, two picks, and a loss. Like mm-hmm. you can cut him some slack where maybe he has to play hero ball occasionally, but not after consistent performance after consistent poor performance. Like I think it can only be an excuse for so long. Right. Like if you're if you're zero touchdown and two picks, arguably you're the reason they lost that game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have too many games like that. I think he's got to win the division too. Like, if Kyler Murray and leaves the Cardinals to win the division, then you're saying and you're trying to say I'm the I'm like super valuable to my team, but you didn't get them to win the division. 
it's a it's a tough argument to sell yeah yeah and as lucas mentioned earlier like it's it so rarely is the player that's most valuable well i guess a lot of times it, it does end up being with a lot of like it ends up being about stats and who's mm-hmm. looked the best most of the time like it doesn't and especially if the player's on a good team it it helps them you know there are plenty of players on like middling teams who are probably like the most valuable you know kind of keeping it together <laughs> but they're not yeah. gonna win just because it's not as flashy or yeah impressive looking yeah Drew Locke. Uh, yeah. Why, Aiden, Aiden, you you mentioned this, and Wyatt's mentioned this in the past. The NFL MVP is like so heavily dependent dependent on like narratives, and like yeah. it, if one one of these guys, if they get in like a big like Thursday night game or Sunday night game or Monday night game, and they have this really big game, I think the, that narrative is just gonna take hold. And then that's like Lamar Jackson last year. They just decided in like week eight, yeah, he's he's gonna be the MVP as long as he doesn't throw it away, right? You know, and the problem. Kyler Murray kind of had that this week, but the problem yeah. is that nobody was watching that game. It wasn't prime time or anything, <laughs> so nobody was watching that game. They just saw, all saw the highlight, that, right? Yeah, true. the pro- The problem with the prime time games, though, the- this year is I feel like the NFL has decided to put some of the worst games in prime time. <laughs> yeah. Outside of probably the Patriots and the Ravens this week or this past weekend, every prime time game has just been awful. So I yeah. mean. I I I I tune into every single Buffalo Bills game this this year. I'm a I'm a big fan of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. But um, coming up this Thursday, there is the Seahawks versus the Cardinals. So oh, there you go. Mm, two top tier MVP win. candidates. Probably a big narrative. I, I think if if Murray and the Cardinals win, he has a better chance of winning MVP than Russ. I I would make a bet that he would jump mm. Russ as far as MVP odds go. Yeah. I will come to the NFL's defense real quick. Uh, in the preseason, it looked like Cowboys Eagles actually would have been like an exciting game. It ended up being <laughs> what, Nick Mullins or not Nick Mullins. It ended up being like Ben DiNucci versus yeah, yeah. Carson Wentz throwing like five picks. So yeah. yeah, they won. You win some, you lose some. And they, all, they also they also have the Jets in, the, in a handful of primetime games every year. So it's like yeah. okay, that was yeah. We could have seen that one coming. I think yeah. yeah. For the they New had York to have market. known. Yeah. Yeah. They had to have known. And still, even I like I like my Giants this year. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if I'm putting them in any primetime games. <laughs> they play well, but I I mean there are plenty of other matchups that they could do. I think it's literally just Saquon and then that went out the window too. Yeah. 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 Pretty much, yeah. They have to be able to pivot that a little bit more. But I did mention my Giants and coach Joe Judge is uh coaching them to the top half of the NFC East. Who knows if that's an accomplishment or not without <laughs> their star running back Saquon Barkley. Uh is Joe Judge maybe the best hiring this season, or is it maybe Stefanski or Matt Rule or Ron Rivera? And I just want to point out, Jared wrote this one in, Mike McCarthy, uh, as the best head coaching hire. Class. We already know where I stand, but Jared, where do you stand? Who looks like the best new coaching hire so far this year? See, how about the calming influence of Mike McCarthy? He's the only thing holding the ship together in Dallas. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think I have to go with Stefanski because he's the only one with a winning record right now, yeah. but. I mean, yeah, you don't have to give him credit. He did have a talented roster, but nobody else could figure out the Browns, you know? And, like, he he's done it, basically. He was really – and the thing is, it was interesting. He was really good at integrating OBJ into the offense. Now they don't have them, and the offense has been pretty stagnant. So we'll have to see, like, more games with Nick Chubb healthy back and, like, see what that works. But uh, I have to go with Stefanski for now. I, I do want to give a shout-out to Joe Judge for sure. He's starting to get some credit after this win against the Eagles, but considering they don't have Saquon, their best offensive player, 
Daniel Jones just now played in consecutive games without a turnover for the first time in his career. Ooh. I mean, when you have to deal with that, when, you, when your quarterback's <laughs> turning the ball over every game, it, it's pretty tough. And, like, when you think back, they've been in their first four games were losses to uh, playoff teams, Bears arguably not, 49ers arguably not, but Steelers and Rams for sure. Then every every game since that was one possession until their win against the Eagles by 10 points. So, I mean, they, they've been, like, in super close games. They fight hard. The team has, you know, bought into Joe Judge and everything, which is always a good sign. So I'll give him some credit for sure. Yeah, Stefanski's got to be my pick as well. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I would like to give a little bit of credit to Matt Rule as well with what he's done with the Panthers. Yeah. Um, I know they're currently at the bottom of the NFC South, so it like, doesn't look great. But also they've played, like, I think they've played the Bucks twice. They've played the Chiefs. They've played the Saints. They've played the Raiders. All of those mm-hmm. were losses. All of those are, like, good teams. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been looking great this year. I think Matt Rule, given another season or two, is going to have the, the Panthers competing for the top of that division. Um, but, yeah, I just Stefanski has finally put the Browns together. Um, he's got Baker looking better this year. The mm-hmm. defense hasn't improved a ton, but the offense at least is looking really lethal. Like He's got Creamhorn and Nick Chubb uh, and, and Baker all looking like a well-oiled machine. So he's mm-hmm. my pick as well. Yeah, and, and the thing, too, with the Browns is they're – they're they're beating they're actually like winning the games they're supposed to now like their losses can be kind of excused you know like Steelers Ravens Raiders I believe was that their third one those can be kind of excused I think also on Matt Rule too I feel like as long as they don't go zero and eight in their last eight games they'll they'll be fine that, that I mean the, you know that that's what happened to them last year they just completely imploded uh, and it'll be a success if if Matt Rule avoids that so- I think. They've lost their past five, so can you imagine going on an 0-13 streak? <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Yikes. <laughs> well, the, Jets. the Jets can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing with Matt Rule is that, I mean, I know he's he looks like he's a big culture guy. Um, we'll see what he does next year when maybe Joe Brady possibly leaves for a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL because I know that he is going to be sought after a lot. Is coming off season as far as head coaching jobs go. Uh, not to do a homer pick, I'm picking Joe Judge, and I'm just gonna say it now: <laughs> we are last year's Miami Dolphin team, where <laughs> we are probably one of the best looking three and seven teams this league has ever seen, which you know was an accomplishment <laughs> in its own. Um, so uh, it's it, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. It looks like making coaches run in the off season was a good choice from Joe judge. Um, all the little goofy things that you saw from him. He's my pick. Stefanski is great because he, he, he definitely, he fits the team just as well as the team fits him. Um, going there with Nick Chubb and implementing his own running scheme makes a lot of sense. Um, so, I mean, I think out of the five head coaching jobs, four of them were a good call. And you guys can probably figure out which one I think was a bad call. <laughs> Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Riverboat run I'm going to list a couple of coaching fires This possible offseason You guys just tell me how possible they might be (laughs) Matt Patricia of the Lions Very possible Likely (laughs) Adam Gase Impossible (laughs) I'm leaning more towards not likely to be honest (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea Dude, the bye week has come and gone, so my hopeful. Because like, <laughs> we, we were betting yeah. that he would be gone by yeah. Halloween. Yeah, and we were. we're now sitting, as of recording this, November 17th. Yeah. 
So I will book it. I will book it. They will go zero and sixteen, and then promptly, like within <laughs> yeah. know, two three weeks of, of the season end, get rid of him. Yeah, two yeah. three weeks. Okay. I, they this would is... have to fire him the day of the season. Like, all right, you know what? You're you're right. Maybe that's a little bit too. All right, one to two weeks. I'll, I'll say that. One to two days, maybe. Right. <laughs> Let him pack his stuff. I give him some time. Anthony Lynn on the Chargers. <laughs> possible. Very possible. He's out. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't so, think so either. They've been really? close in like all of their games. Yeah, they've been a very unlucky team from what I've read. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think he's out. Yeah, no, the honest. stat. Yeah, the stat is that the oh. there are only two teams in the NFL that have like uh, not lost a game by more than seven points, and it's the Steelers and the Chargers, who <laughs> 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 are what two and seven but, or something. So, I mean, yeah. you can argue at that point yeah, it comes down to coaching when you lose games like that because yeah, I think that he's fair. he's not known for being yeah. a great game manager, as far as using timeouts go, play calling things like that. Um, I think he's left a little bit to be desired, especially because he probably has maybe the rookie of the year in Justin Herbert, who kind of just yeah. came onto the scene. Yeah. Who knows what so they would look like if Justin Jefferson? Who? Yeah. Who knows what they would look like if Tyrod Taylor had stayed as a quarterback? Like how much they would have lost their games by? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Doug Marone from uh, the Jaguars mm-hmm. in or out? Yeah, Jared, he's probably out. Yeah. Him and Gardner. Both Ron Gardner split, yeah. Vic Fangio, the Broncos. No, Drew oh, Locke was hurt. Like, like yeah. yeah, I think they'll give him some time. Vaughn is hurt, yeah. Hot take: Doug Peterson. No, he's fine. He's I think, I think he's fine. still living on the Super Bowl high. And uh, the fact that they made the playoffs two years after, like, should they? Maybe, but will they? No. I'm gonna they go for shouldn't. possible, not very possible, but possible <laughs> that they that That's they like might look to move on. Man. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think I, but thing. I don't think I don't think that Doug Peterson is necessarily safe. I think his his seat is warming up just a little bit. Yeah, it's a coronavirus year. <laughs> they haven't looked. They didn't look good last year, even if they did make the playoffs. Yeah, they are far from that uh, Super Bowl team. Yeah, we're gonna um, play. If they keep him around. They probably have to insist on drafting a quarterback or doing something. Really? They, I mean, give Jalen. Yeah, they, they got also Jaylen. if you listen to Doug Peterson I, talk. Mm, in in his press conferences, the, the, he does not have a very glowing like review of Carson Wentz. He doesn't he, he doesn't reassure that Carson he Wentz was. is their quarterback. He kind of just like dances around the topic. It hmm. seems like they feel like they maybe have messed up, and they won't say that they messed up or not. Hmm. He's talented. Um, Bears treatment. <laughs> Bears too. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a good one. Matt Nagy. No, I think he's because no. he gave a play call this week so and good. they looked. But it's not it him. So but, the, but he's an offensive-minded coach, and they can't get the offense yeah. going. Yeah. I mean, when you have Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, though, come on. Yeah, my coach is a part of that. Doug Peterson offense. made Nick Foles look good. Speaking there, of, shoot, there you go. Hey, fire Matt Nagy, hire Doug Peterson. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. You heard it here first. All right. Close out some NFL stuff with some Would You Rather, a fun little game we've played in the past. Probably heard of it. <clears throat> Bart, first one, I'm going to start with you. Would you rather have to outrun DK Metcalf or Julio Jones on a pick six? I mean, to me, this one's pretty clear. I love Julio, but it's DK. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about the numbers. So 40 times. DK <laughs> ran a 4.33. Julio ran a 4.39. I know people say Julio had a fractured foot, but still, you got to just look at what he got. <laughs> and then just look at their size. Uh, DK is an inch taller, and he's also like 10 pounds heavier. So, like, he's going to catch up to me faster, and he's going to hurt more when he does tackle. <laughs> Why would I want Julio? I would rather guard Julio, but I would rather get chased by, or, 
Yeah, I'd rather get chased. Oh, wait, sorry. I'd rather guard DK. I'd rather get chased by Julio. Um, yeah. Aiden, what, what would you say? Yeah, I'm definitely with Bart on this one. He has the faster 40. He also has a, he's significantly younger. Does not have a, a bunch of injuries up to this point the way that Julio does. Um, but honestly, in terms of like people on earth that I'd want chasing me, like DK is like possibly the bottom of that list. Like he's fast <laughs> and he's enormous. Like yeah. I, yeah, like that is, he is really tops, not just in this comparison, but you know, like the, the whole world comparison thing. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to, I'm going to take Julio in this case. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it looks like, I think Julio Jones is a better tackler than DK Metcalf is. Julio Jones has a pretty much a full defensive highlight reel. If you look at some of the pick sixes that Matt, that um, he's had to had to break up, DK Metcalf has the one. Yeah. Well, uh, DK Metcalf is tied for third in most uh, plays that he's chased interceptions on this season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is, but like, do you think to to an like everyday human like like you or me does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I could outrun DK though. Just saying. No, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Lucas, next question for you: If you were a team drafting the top three, would you rather draft from the 2004 quarterback draft class of Big Ben, Philip Rivers, and Eli Manning, or this year's 2020 draft class of Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert? Silly, easy question. 2004 draft class. I think <laughs> even though maybe you're looking for. You know, different things now than you in a quarterback than you were in 2004, a little bit more mobility. From a pure talent perspective, based on what we've seen so far, I think you still have to go 2004. You have four Super Bowls between those guys. Rivers is up there with some of the best quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl. Lots of guys are good for half a season. I don't know enough about <laughs> to our Justin Herbert to, to, to know enough to pick them over 2004 at this point. Bart, what about you? Yeah, once again, I need to stop letting myself go after you because you just took the words out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> every single one of my talking points, just boom, boom. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I A lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players in general, I guess, have sophomore slumps, and I would not be surprised if at least one of these guys next year uh, has that. You can't argue with four rings in my mind. Um, mm. I'd love to be wrong, though. Like I'm really excited for these yeah. guys, and I think it, it will. they will have some Super Bowls between them as well. But uh, right now, you just got to go with the sure thing. Okay, so question for you then. Over under four rings for this for this current draft class? Under. I'd say four. Right yeah, now, four? Be, well, I'm going to go even. I mean, if the over-under is three and a half, then... Oh, then over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sure, three and a half. We'll set the bar at three and a half. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I would say over into a league with with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes among others. I don't know about that actually. I, I'd probably go. I'm under. I'm gonna go under. I'm pretty confident. I would. I'm gonna say they at least win. Everyone wins one. Everyone really. Wins and two wins I don't know two. about Joe. I don't two. know about Burrow. I do. Joe Burrow is so good Bur- though. Yeah, yeah, but Cincinnati yeah, but doesn't. Bengals. Yeah, I believe. I believe. Hey, time. hey give them 15 years. Yeah, Assuming they're gonna they get a top draft pick. Yeah. They draft like the offensive lineman out of Oregon. They'll they're, they'll <laughs> be on the right path here in the next four years. Mm. I don't know. Just put, they're gonna be playing most of their careers against Pat Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. Someone said that already, I think. But like, do you think Bar- Mahomes yes. is gonna? Have I'll like steal your words now. 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, someone else just has to knock him out in the playoffs. Yeah, and, you get like, and then you get the Bills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or the Jets, maybe, one day. Yeah, um, yeah so... Sam Darnold throw him in. On the... No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you needed a quarterback for a commercial, would you rather hire Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson, Jared? 
This is the easiest question I've ever been asked on this podcast. It's Dak Prescott. Deshaun, yes. Deshaun Watson's AWS commercial is so awkward. It just does not flow at all. Like, I'll cut him some slack because I don't really know how you would play it. Like, he's supposed to be like on the sidelines telling me about AWS and like hyped up about this play. It's kind of a, I don't like that commercial at all. Dak has great stage presence and performance. And you see that you saw him in that the Testitos commercial, right? The Zeke. I mean, the chemistry was there. <laughs> Lucas, well, they are teammates. <laughs> I I couldn't agree with you more. Plus, you to go. add on to that, Dak evokes sympathy in a way I don't think Deshaun Watson does. Dak got really hurt. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson not really it was, hurt. It was all an act. <laughs> <laughs> I. The, I agree. The Deshaun Watson commercial, the next gen stat one, is like one of the yeah. worst commercial NFL commercials that <laughs> pops up on our TV. Yeah. But I need to watch that. I, I know. I don't think that's it, it, I, I see know, it all really the time. Curious. I can't yeah, it's get. On, I it's can't on like every it. game. I feel like yeah. I can't get rid of it. And I have not seen a Dak Prescott commercial in a while. But the Campbell's Chicken Noodle Soup commercials are some of like the most flat like personality. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> some of the most like flat commercial I've ever seen. No, I don't they, think they're. They are no Baker. They are no Aaron Rodgers. Let's just, they're not. Baker, let's just say yeah. that. Let's be honest. <clears throat> All right. Final question: Would you rather try to tackle Derrick Henry or Marshawn Lynch? Jared again. I'm. I'm actually going Marshawn Lynch on this one. Neither of them. So I was watching some highlights of them. Neither of them look for contact while running. It's which is a good thing. Uh, Derrick Henry just has like so much more inertia though. I feel like when he's running, <laughs> he, he has a low, he's a little slower 40 time, but he's six, three, two thirty eight pounds. Marshawn Lynch is about 20 pounds lighter. I, I, plus he's an Alabama running back, which has always intimidated me. So uh, I have to go with, I would rather tackle Marshawn Lynch. I'm Eddie serious. Lacey, dude, Alabama... striking fear into the heart of man. A completely arbitrary <laughs> characteristic about him has always Jared dives to the side of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, dude, trying to tackle a 240-pound Alabama running back with a 4-5-40 would probably kill me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be pretty scared. Wait, but you picked Marshawn, right? I picked Marshawn. Uh, he's only no. two. Oh, he was, oh what, you'd rather two, try to tackle. Okay, I'd rather try to tackle Marshawn. Yeah, yeah. This is the first, um, you know, would you rather that we're going to disagree on. Uh, I'm going Marshawn. Uh, I'm, I, excuse me. I'm going Derek. I'd rather not tackle. I'd rather tackle struggling with words here uh, exactly <laughs> blaming gotcha. everyone's emotions yeah um but no i'm assuming marshawn here is not like marshawn who's like 40 but marshawn at hiding beast mode um beast like you know marshawn. exactly like saints game you know uh marshawn i i like i he's untackleable um but honestly yeah i'm with jared that i'm i'm let's be honest i'm not trying to tackle either of these guys uh did did you all see um philip rivers try um and i put try very much in quotes uh to tackle someone returning a fumble and yeah. he, he like tripped and then flailed on the ground trying to tackle like chuck <laughs> clark uh and he's just like easily hurled over it was a, it was a very sad thing to watch but anyway that's me i'm gonna like act like i you know I, i'm diving or something but yeah i'm just just going on the ground and flailing uh, and, yeah, uh, i want to hear me you out. say yeah yeah. Just a clear sound buddy, you saying I can yeah. tackle Derrick Henry, Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> I can tackle Derrick Henry, yes. Yeah. Marshawn I think is a little too much. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd say like four out of ten times I tackle Marshawn. Derrick Henry seven point five out of ten, I'd say. Right? Yeah. Seven point five eight. The beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Houston, we have a problem. We're going to jump to the NBA. The NBA <laughs> season has officially kicked off as Monday, and trade talk has begun. Rockets star players James Harden and Russell Westbrook are concerned about the future in Houston. In fact, guard Russell Westbrook has formally requested a trade. And a little update on that, too. James Harden is warming up to the idea of reuniting <laughs> with Kevin Durant in uh, Brooklyn. So, Aiden, should the Houston sell house and should Brooklyn be buying in? Okay, first off, I'm not buying that he's warming up to this idea because he just turned down what, like a hundred and two. He turned down a two year hundred and three million dollars. Yeah, like yeah. he's he's going all in on this. Like you don't you know, <laughs> it's not like it's oh like maybe work. maybe this is an option. Um from the like I, I've said this before, I will say it again. It's not always a great idea to throw a bunch of volume scorers on the same team. These are three ball dominant guys. I think mm-hmm. they're going to implode. Like, the egos on this team already stress me out just because they have Kyrie and KD. Like, yeah. you add Harden. I mean, they'll be good, of course. Um, they'd be, like, a you know, a top three seed in the East with Harden. Um, but, I like, I think without him, they'd be pretty good. Why not give one season a try with your current actual team? Like, mm-hmm. the, the Nets this year were not bad, and they were without KD and mostly without Kyrie. Um, try a year with Jared Allen and LaVare and Dinwiddie. Like, if that doesn't work, then maybe trade away your entire young core and get Harden. Because I think that's what it's going to take, right? Is at least two of those guys, possibly all three. Um, yeah. And, Houston or, said and that they're picks. looking for yeah. multiple first-round picks and young talent for James Harden. Yeah, I mean, so far, like, like what the... Um, like, Pelicans got for Drew Holiday was, like, a pretty big haul. Like, it, mm. it seems like we're... Yeah, like for Harden, like it's gonna it's gonna take a lot. Um, so I don't see why you don't just you know give your current team a shot. Um, from Houston's perspective, though, like fire sale, like please, like do it. I mean, they already they traded um, Covington, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it seems yeah, it seems like they're gonna be in the mood to to start selling. I mean, Maury's gone. Like mm-hmm. I feel like he knew that the the rebuild was you know um, impending. So I think from their perspective, yes, I would I would try and give away Harden and get a bunch of draft picks and kind of start over because they tried the experiment in a bunch of different variations um, and it just it, they weren't going to win a title with it. So I, I think it's time. Yeah, from like the Houston perspective, I feel like you have to capitalize on like the assets you have while they're yeah. still can get you some value because it's very clear like that whole core is just done. Like D'Antoni's yeah. gone. Like you mentioned, Maury's gone. I think. You try and get what value you can out of Harden and Westbrook, which will probably still be a lot at this point, and yeah. just start all over at this point because yeah. they're not winning with what they have right now. And they're, yeah. if anything, falling further behind in the West than they were two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point is that maybe the Rockets should be okay with maybe not demanding as much as they actually mm-hmm. sh- like as they would mm-hmm. deserve in, in a vacuum just because like the alternative yeah. is they waited out a couple of years. We talked about this. The contracts will run out. And then they're back to square one anyway. Maybe they're yeah. better off getting something out of the nets for, for Harden. One thing I will say, I thought this was really funny. There's almost no chance this happens, but if the Nets were to include Kyrie in a trade package and then send both Westbrook <laughs> and Harden to the Nets, if they reunited the old OKC trio, that would be the coolest thing ever. That's not going to happen. That would, be, that would be sick, actually. That would be sick. But I, if they just said, screw you, Kyrie. I mean, Steve Nash, if Steve Nash has to freaking manage Harden, Kyrie, and KD in his first year, he's he has more cut out for him. <laughs> I, I will say, though, the two what teams that Harden is like, connected. Like, we don't have a head coach. Like, didn't, like, yeah, he said, we don't have a coach. We're all coaches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, 
Harden <laughs> does have conne- it's interesting his connections to the two teams that um, are are looking at him. So Daryl Morey took over as GM for the 76ers. Of course, he was a GM for the Rockets. And then uh, Mike D'Antoni is an assistant on Steve Nash's um, mm-hmm. coaching staff in Brooklyn. So maybe that there is a little bit of steam going on there. I don't see though how Kyrie and James Harden play together at all. Yeah. The, it, it doesn't make any sense personality wise, uh, basketball wise. I don't understand how they could both be on the floor at the same time. Well, maybe they don't have to be, they could do they what Chris Paul and, and Harden did where they offset a lot of the time. I don't, mm. I think Chris Paul is a way better, a way smarter basketball player in that sense. And, Kyrie Irving is. I don't think Kyrie yeah. would be like, no, I mean, oh, sure, yeah, but... I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll take the second unit or whatever, you know. <laughs> like, there's always, I don't know, like, I think it's always valid to an extent to say, like, we will take a top 10 player and just deal with the consequences of whoever we lose because, like, mm-hmm. it's such a star driven league. I don't know that it's that simple that just they can't play together. Don't do it. Yeah. I, I have to, going back to Aiden, your point, you mentioned this. I think like KD with the Warriors worked so well because Steph and Clay, there's like no ego there really, and they're super great off the ball. Like they don't really need that. They don't need obviously Steph's really great at like dribbling, creating some room, and doing that. But they didn't need the ball in their hands. Where as you said, Harden and Kyrie definitely do. And I feel like too, like Steph Curry and the Warriors had like a bunch of leadership in place already that the Nets don't have probably. So I, I'm like worried for Steve Nash a little bit. Not gonna lie, I think he's I'm gonna worried get about walked all over this year. I don't think it's gonna turn out well at all. Oh, like yeah. I think they'll make the playoffs and they'll be good or whatever. But come playoff time, yeah. I mean, they'll make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, they're, oh, they yeah. have way too much talent not to. But yeah, I I, I do want to just a quick question. Do you guys feel like Daryl Morey kind of like unfairly walked out on the Rockets? Just left him in this crap situation and was like, all right, see you guys. No. Or do you like? Are you just like that's just business? business Dude, that's business that's business yeah. that's, that was the best <laughs> okay, thing that yeah. Morey that Morey could have done because now he's gonna go to the 76ers where he has because he went because he went to Houston right he gave away all their assets to OKC <laughs> to, to get Russell Westbrook and then he left and now he's going to the 76ers who probably have some of the most assets in the league between Embiid um, Simmons Al Horford Al Horford Tobias is on Harris, this team like from the beginning of the year you know because I heard a possible trade of James Harden for Ben Simmons straight up. And maybe we mm. put James Harden and Joel Embiid together. From the Rockets, I take it. So I have young talent to build out around all that stuff. Um, we're going to talk about Westbrook a little bit. He's been connected to the Clippers as well. What? The Clipper, yeah, the Clippers are, are, interest, are interested in him. Oh, my um, goodness. I will say LA has no assets to give. Paul George, Lou Will, or Patrick Beverly would have to be included in a move for something like that to happen. Dude, lose Paul George. I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but could you imagine? I, I don't. I, I can't imagine Westbrook and Kawhi playing together at all. I feel like you can't imagine Westbrook with anybody playing together. Can you? Yeah, like, just, right. Just... Well, well. Here, here are some of his other options. The New York Knicks. They're always kind of in the mix for him. <laughs> um, he can revive his one man show role and the Big Apple and continue his grudge, grudge match with his new neighbor Kevin Durant, so they could go back and forth <laughs> in New York. The Hornets, uh, Westbrook is a Jordan athlete, and Michael Jordan wants to trade for him, but the Hornets don't. Like the the, <laughs> the, the I heard the Knicks office. didn't want to either. I heard the Knicks. There's a lot of voices in the Knicks organization that didn't want Russ. There's a lot, and there are <laughs> current discussions for trading um, Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall. Right now, that one's new. That one is, is as of today. That baffles me. 
Why would you? Uh, why would you do that? Two of the worst contracts in the NBA, <laughs> and two players, two players who play exactly the same. Just, yeah, just, yeah. You're, not a, you're not an NBA GM. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. expect you to get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Enhanced level. <laughs> and then I heard an interesting one: uh, trade Westbrook to Portland for CJ McCollum. Um, uh, no. Although Damian Lillard what? and Westbrook hate each other. I, I, I yeah. don't know how that would work. They play the same position. <laughs> like, what yeah, it's the same so, so CJ McCollum and Dean Again, Collins. just but 24 that one minutes each. There. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did read somewhere that, like, the Blazers are never going to make it quite to the tip top if they have both Lillard and McCollum. I agree. They need someone yeah. who can take the, the defensive burden off of Lillard. I agree. So getting really, yeah, but it should have been yeah, Drew Holiday. It, it won't happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, I'm. Well, let's let's talk about some of the other teams that made a trade. Drew Holiday got traded to the Bucks on Monday for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, three first round picks t- and two pick swaps. Um, and then they also added the Bucks also added Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign and trade. Uh, do you think that the Bucks are the favorite to make it out the East this year? Yeah. You think so? so. Drew Holiday, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, and then, of course, Giannis and Chris Middleton are still on that team. Yeah, I mean, they just mortgaged their entire future. Yeah, like, I'm still. Me. I don't know if you might as well though. Yeah, well, they have yeah, their future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their future. Yeah. Future. Yeah. First round. Yeah, I don't know. First round picks no, them, are nothing. Them versus the Nets is like a coin flip in my mind. Yeah, I guess, that's fair. Mm, that's fair. Remains mm. to be seen how good the Nets are actually. Yeah, yeah. They'll be good probably. I mean, yeah, I think. Um, the Lakers are have already traded for Dennis Schroeder and are connected to guard yeah. DeMar DeRozan. Who knows if that's actually true or not? Because, um, I mean, I think Danny Green wasn't part of that deal. But um, getting Dennis Schroeder, does that make the Lakers favorites to come out of the West? I mean, weren't they already? I, yeah. Like, I, I still <laughs> I think like. I think the Warriors will be sense. good, but I, I'm not buying the narrative that the – Warriors are Jared, like the favorite Jared is very high to the on the season. Warriors. I'm I'm buying in on the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. you're wrong. I, I'm I think I'm not good, convinced but... that I think the Lakers are the favorites, but I'm not convinced. They don't feel like this is just a kind of just literally just saying something off off the cuff. <laughs> they don't feel as unstoppable as like LeBron's Heat teams or like the 2015 Warriors. They just don't feel like that invincible to me. Yeah, that's fair. If it, it felt like LeBron and AD, and then just a bunch of old aging veterans, basically, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now Rondo's not going to be there. I, I, I think he Dennis might. Dennis oh, Schroeder will probably start. Avery Bradley's going to come back. I guarantee they're going to move Kuzma at some point. Uh, I will say, mm. Anthony Davis did opt out of his player option and has yet to be resigned. So there might be trouble in L.A. Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Brooklyn. I, I think that was expected. <laughs> that was expected, yeah. It was expected. I'm just joking because he, you know. He he's, he has not, yeah, however, yeah. signed a supermax deal or whatever to, with the Lakers because there's no other art, uh, no other contract you could sign AD to. Uh, Chris Paul just got moved to the Phoenix Suns. Are the Suns a lock to make the playoffs next year? Yeah, I yes. think they're a lock. Do you the West think is gonna get weak. I would, yeah, if, I would bet on it. Yeah. Yeah, eh, we have like 15 first round picks. <laughs> we <laughs> just take the first round. <laughs> yeah, the the Pelicans lost Drew Holiday, so yeah. and then the the Rockets are probably going to lose yeah. either Harden and Westbrook. Or... Mm-hmm. There's still though mm-hmm. Utah, Denver, Sacramento. <laughs> How about are the well, Suns a lock? Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. <laughs> 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 powerhouse. The Spurs. Yeah. The Spurs. No. Uh, are the Suns a lock to make 
The Spurs, the Spurs make are also fire. They didn't make it last year. Portland. Are the Suns a lock for a top five seed in the? In the no, not, not a lock. lock. No, no, not even close. Yeah. Sorry. I'd say lock for playoff though. I yeah. think that's fair. I would lock a top mm-hmm. five seed. I feel like they're on. In fact, Whoa. I'll say. I feel okay. like they're on pace with like the Blazers. They're like a Blazers kind of team. That's a bookable statement. I think they'll be better yeah, than book Blazers. It. We can book it. No. What are you booking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wyatt? Book it. Book it. Wyatt. Do it. Do the it. The Suns yeah. will have a top five seed, and I'll I'll book it even deeper. I'll go. With, I'll, they'll be number four. What? Oh, okay. Wait. The so if they're no, if they're number three, Wyatt, does your book it? <laughs> no, I'm still, I was still <laughs> in, but well, we'll see. Jared yeah, will find a way for it I'm to not count because <laughs> the whole OJ Howard thing keeps coming up where OJ Howard ruptures his Achilles and now all of a sudden it's a bad pick for it was Lucas and I I I picked up on that. Too. <laughs> I got there was one Jared. There's a bucket that I have to look up that that you are also wrong at, but for a similar circumstance. Okay. I got to figure out what it was. So I just okay. forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jared does all the book it, you know, reporting. So like, I've never, you know, if got that. If, uh, uh, if you want to do the work, so I don't know. He's our source work, of truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the work. I'll I make the them. rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one team we haven't mentioned at all are the Timberwolves, Bart's favorite team in the world, uh, who actually hold the number one overall pick and are expected to take LaMelo Ball. Um, or another team that trades up is expected to take LaMelo Ball. Bart, regarding the Timberwolves specifically, is LaMelo the right pick? Please, please no. Please don't do it. Don't make me suffer. Uh Listen, you know what, let me preface this with a, with a few things. First of all, this draft seems pretty awful, relatively uh-huh. speaking. It's, it's unfortunate, an unfortunate year to have the first pick. Second of all, of all the good prospects, it seems like no one's a good fit with the Wolves, <laughs> which is doubly unfortunate. So, in my mind, the best thing they could do would be to trade this pick away. Trade it, put, send it into the sun, and just try to pick up some assets. Um, because I think they're going to be forcing it regardless. But please, not LaMelo. I think he's extremely overrated. What does he, what does he have going for him? He's got great court vision. Yep. He's got, he's got some of that it factor. He's obviously got like fan appeal, Important. and that's probably yeah. where it ends. He's got a terrible jump shot. He doesn't try on defense. Uh, some of these things are coachable, obviously, but generally speaking, I think he's too much of a project to bother taking the first overall pick on. It's unfortunate. Probably James Wiseman is the best prospect in this draft, but he's yeah. a center. He's yeah. already said he doesn't want to play in Minnesota. He wouldn't fit with Cat, so he's out. Anthony Edwards is also a pretty limited prospect. I mean, like, if they were to take somebody of that pick, that's probably who I would say. But, like, he's – I don't know that I have super high hopes for him either. Um, the one guy from uh, from Israel uh, – what's his name? Davey or Debbie or whatever. Yeah. yeah Debbie oh, yeah, something. Yeah. Denia Avija. I think uh, I, I'm suddenly high on, on international <laughs> players. Because um, Luka. Luka Doncic might have something to do with that. But, yeah, I, I, I think the best thing the Wolves could probably do would be to, to trade down. Yeah. yeah, some of the scouting reports on Lowe's defense are, like, yeah. It's so bad. Like, he just doesn't <laughs> do anything for the most part. And he also is just such a small sample size to look at as well. Like, it's, like, 12 games in Australia or something like that he's yeah. played like he doesn't have yeah. like and his ex- numbers in Australia weren't even yeah. that good he was in Australia dude was taking like he was, he was taking like an offense seven, catered yeah. to give him good numbers yeah he was taking like seven threes a game and shooting like 25% from three and if you look yep. at his mechanics they're disgusting <laughs> Like I just, what, I how genuinely do you, question like I, why is he considered like the number one overall pick? Like, he's a great passer. Like, he's a like, yeah, he's, he's a great passer. Yeah, top point guard. Yeah. Six seven. 
he does so, shoot. Yeah, he does magic. have range a little bit. He's a little bit yeah. of a Trey Young kind of player. Yeah. Except he's good in transition, but but yeah, I I picture him as being like uh you know like thirty seven percent from the field kind of guy <laughs> with a you know like I just, do, I just really don't see that. Do we yeah, think it's working the, out? Sorry, do we think that this is maybe an Anthony Bennett type year where the Timberwolves just draft some <laughs> random prospect at the number one overall? Stop. Maybe. Obi I, Toppin. I mean, totally possible. It's totally possible. Obi Toppin first... definitely. I would. Yeah. I would draft him. I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, if they're gonna, if they're gonna take him with the number one pick, that'd be dumb. They should trade down for that. But like, I think he's gonna be a better NBA player. I would. I would book that he's gonna be a better NBA player than Anthony Edwards or Lamelo. I'm gonna. Go I think I agree with Bart that James Wiseman will probably be the best. Like actual yeah uh, is the best prospect here but yeah. that'll probably also kind of go hand in hand with james wiseman is probably going to end up on the warriors because he makes mm-hmm. no sense in going and playing in yep. um no agree minnesota i don't think the wolves should take him yeah but well, i think unless, unless they trade and the new first overall team mm-hmm. takes him which i would think is very possible yeah possible. that's true but also yeah. i mean yeah. i don't know if any team really wants to trade up this year because at the same time it's either if yeah. you're in the top three you're either going to get Lamella, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. You're probably okay with any of them. And if you're the top five, you're going to grab Obi Toppin or something like that. Or um, Denny Advigi, Advija. Sorry, Bush. My boy. Denny. Yeah, our boy Denny. <laughs> like, there's no – everyone says it. Everyone's been saying it. This is a terrible draft. And probably the reason why the why the why anybody's okay with giving away, like, like the Lakers gave away their 28 overall lottery pick yeah. or draft mm-hmm. pick. Like, who cares? Like take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who are you going to get at 28 uh, overall? So I think it has to be LaMelo Ball as far as the number one. No. <laughs> I think it does. Don't and I honestly, say it, Don't no, say it, does. it. It does have to be. I think he, he probably is one of the more talented players. I know that there's a little bit of a circus when it comes to the Ball family. It died down. I like – it died yeah, down. Yeah, did. That's true. He has poor shot mechanics. But he is still like the way we talk about NFL quarterbacks, where like, he's a big body kind of thing. Like he's still an athletic six-seven point guard with great passing ability. And at the end of the day, at worst, he's maybe a little bit a less athletic, better shooting Ben Simmons, which I think a lot of teams might take. I don't think that's his floor. <laughs> I think yeah. he's a great passer. I think that's his like that's ceiling. His... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but not this <laughs> I was trying that's to think of a good metaphor of like that's probably need, what he'll end up being. But teams like... need playmaking wings. A team with a lot of teams. I don't know. I mean, you don't get super excited about getting Lamelo, but no. But like, what the Wolves need more than anything this year is like a three and D guy. He's yeah. the opposite of that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I think that we have to maybe stop looking at the draft, especially the NBA draft. When you grab a guy in the NFL, you grab a guy in the top five because you believe they're going to be a Hall of Famer. In the NBA, maybe you just grab a guy because you think they're going to be a solid pro for the next 15 or 10 years or whatever. And I think if at the end of the day, LaMelo Ball is just a playmaking wing, I think that that's okay. Yeah. With the number one overall pick, I don't know. Still, number one, o- Andrew Wiggins. Like number, number one, one overall pick. picks are like a diamond dozen in the NBA, though. And then, yeah, you know, because I mean, look at the franchise guys. Giannis was like I number mean, seventeen, and he's a franchise guy. Yeah. Like there are plenty of guys who just kind of like they come and go. Yeah. Uh, Marco Fultz, 
was number one overall pick. Yeah, Lucas. And yeah, Jason yeah. Tatum looks. <laughs> but like you he's know. like widely regarded as like that's a you know they're he's trashed all the time as is Anthony Bennett. Like I I don't think just because like there are you know gems hidden in the the mid first round or late first round doesn't mean that like the the first pick is still seen as very valuable and yeah. still like a big deal. Like if he ends up being you know if he ends up being the number one pick and is like at his best like a a role player on some team like a role playing wing guy who you know can can step in sometimes like that's a disappointment right from from the number one pick yeah. like i i just think we have to grade number one picks or top lottery picks in the nba differently especially because i don't feel like the drafts are going to get much better from here to be honest mm. Yeah, I mean, how how diluted the NBA draft pool is, like, year to year, has always bothered me. What do you mean by that? It is what it is. Like, the fact that, yeah, like like White said, like, in the NFL, you get studs, like, in the first two, often first three rounds. First three rounds. In the NBA, it feels like after, like, the first, like, three or four picks, you're out of studs, Mm. and you're, like, you're looking at guys that are maybe going to be good, maybe not. And even then, I mean, yeah, it's hit or miss, like, throughout the whole thing, really. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it obviously it makes sense. There are 22 guys playing on a football team. There are only five in a, in a, on a basketball team, yeah. but still in a starting line. Still. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. like in the NFL, if you draft a guy number one overall, for the most part, you draft a quarterback, like the Jets are going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Like that's like a surefire pick, you know. And then you yeah. draft a guy in the second round, and they're a solid pro at the safety position or whatever it might yeah. be. It just, it's not the same for the NBA. Because you dra- you draft a guy number one overall, and if he's on your team for the next ten years or a valuable trade piece in five, then that's okay. That's that's just the way it goes. If he can start for you, make it into the starting lineup or lead the second unit, I think that's okay. <laughs> I, for the number one pick, I, I think that's too low a bar still. But like, I understand you know, that it's different. You look at the number one pick, like, like, that's oh, a LeBron, very low bar. But it's not. If you're like, can he crack the starting lineup? <laughs> like, no, yeah. Why? Well, I, I think uh, you're being skewed by how weak this particular draft is. I don't know. Uh, I just like, think about, just like think about last exception. year's draft. Like there are pl- like plenty of guys who are in team starting lineups from last year's draft. Like I'd say probably the majority of the guys from like the the top ten, right? Like if you think about. How many generational type talents are coming to the NBA? Zion and Ja. Well, I mean, you're not going to get generational, but we're asking asking for a starter here. We're not asking here. I mean, yeah, you're asking for a starter, but I think you're asking for a starter, but the expectation is still a generational type talent, a franchise cornerstone. I mean, those don't really come around very often. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Zion and Ja. Zion and Ja will be elite for a long time. They'll be elite. That, like, but you know, I mean, RJ Barrett was third. He's like Kobe White on the Bulls yeah. is going to be solid, but still, yeah. Kobe White's I, a I, six. I what you're saying, <laughs> like, you know, Tyler and, Hero and honestly, at 14, 13. <laughs> I mean, I think we've we I've I've already mentioned how I feel about Zion, and we're kind of gone a little bit far from this draft, but <laughs> I mean, like a lot of like, yeah. It's it's different. You it's different. Solid pro is the bar for a, for a lottery pick now. But That's for number one say. pick, I don't yes. think so, like solid pro is the bar for number one. Yes, because Zion's gonna be a solid pro. He's I, not I a generational type. Just because we've had Markel and Anthony Bennett doesn't mean you can't say, like. 
I don't think that's the bar. Since, I don't think Luka, a team would be happy Luka with a is, solid pro at the number one pick. I don't think Zion will just be a, a solid pro. Yeah, I agree. He I don't be, think yeah. that's he's, yeah. he's not going to be the number one option. He was already better than that this year when he played. I guess if, if you're like, if we go the Ingram He's a route, solid possible, pro. But... Brandon Ingram is the best player on that team. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> on that note, I think it's probably a good time to wrap things up. As always, thank you so much for listening. And as always, please do engage with us on Twitter at YouThoughtSport. Let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. Let us know which of our takes were good and which ones were just really terrible. Oh, and send the podcast episode links over to your friends. Let them join in on the fun as well if you haven't already. We'll see you all back next week with some more excellent content. And like we mentioned at the start of the episode, with a celebration of our one-year anniversary. So look, look forward to that. Until then, take care and thank you once again.